Before we uh, read God's word, I'd like us just to spend a moment just remembering each of those five that went through that ceremony today and praying for them in these coming days because they're saying to Satan, yeah, we're not going your way and Satan will have a go at them. All right, so just take a moment to remember those five. Okay, I'd like you now to open your Bibles or switch on those devices, but I don't know how it works with electronic devices because we have two passages to read and I want you to stick your finger in one of the passages. I don't know how it works with electronic things, but anyway. All right, the first passage is John chapter 10 and we'll be reading from verses, if I can take my glasses off, 7 to 10, okay? So stick, leave your finger there, and the second passage is Titus. Might be more of a challenge to find. Chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. At this point, I could talk about Bangladesh, but I better not. All right. So John chapter 10. Verses 7 to 10. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, those who have fingers in Titus, move over. Titus chapter 2. Have you all got it? Now I can't see you. Um, you're right? Okay. Titus chapter 2. Verses 11 to 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Amen. My humble assistant. <laughs> Oops, 
Sorry, my bad. Pregnant? Not what you think. Whose is it? Who's God? How stupid do you think I am? You've got to believe me. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Don't No, he's too angry. How do you know he's angry? Look at his face. Maybe he always looks like that. Uh... Go on, tell him now. Look, don't rush me. This is only going to happen once, ever. I need to prepare. You've had thousands of years to get ready for this. Can't you just wing it? <gasps> Look, this poor guy thinks his girlfriend's too tiny. She's not, though. I was going to tell him that. That's not the really big news, is it? I mean, the really big news is Joseph. Or can I call you Joe? Uh, yeah. Look, we are angels. Well, I am. He's in training. Hey! Mary is telling the truth. She really is the Virgin Mary. <clears throat> Mary is pregnant, but the baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. How does that happen then? Advanced level, basic. It's going to be a boy. Ha! Ooh, you! It's going to be a boy. And his name's going to be Yeah! Yeah? No, his name's going to be Jesus. Because he's going to be the saviour. What's going to happen? It's all quite simple. He's going to be born in the stable in Bethlehem, so you better hire a donkey. And the shepherds and angels will come worship him. And there'll be wise men and presents and a star and camels and donkeys and a baby lamb. And he's the son of God? Well, yes, and that. So what do I do now? I think someone needs to say a very big I'm sorry. These might help. Remember, God's son. No pressure. Why is he coming? Why is he coming? Why did he come? Good morning, everyone. Did we get my slides, Gabe? Are they going to be okay? We're not sure. We're going to find out as we go. All right. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for coming. You've already heard some great stories of God at work in people's lives, and in one sense you've heard enough, but it's our commitment as a church that we'll always open God's Word, read it, and spend some time thinking about it. Uh, because that's one of the important reasons why we gather together. We gather together in his name and under the authority of his word to learn more about him. And this morning's question is about, why did Jesus come? So I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about that, and then we'll uh, pray and get a cup of cold water together. Let's pray. <clears throat> Thanks, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity that we have to witness baptisms, to sing praises to you, to hear your word and to be reminded of biblical truth. Thank you, Lord, that you speak the truth. And we ask that you might speak truth to us today to remind us of it, 
to open our eyes to see it perhaps for the first time, but for all of us to embrace it and for our lives to be blessed and transformed by it. We acknowledge that the Lord Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. It's all about him. Teach us about him. We pray in his name. And everybody said, why did he come? I could imagine Mary holding her newborn child, her newborn son, and acknowledging and feeling that he is indeed a gift from heaven. She knew that this child that she would give birth to had been set apart from all other newborns. All parents think that of their own babies, but this lady, Mary, knew because she'd been informed by an angel. Maybe not a lot of information, but certainly information she was given was unforgettable. She must have memorized it, she must have spoken about it, shared it. It was confirmed by her cousin Elizabeth and her baby, John the Baptist, when he leaped in her womb with joy and it was accepted eventually by Joseph. This couple had a secret and they knew he was the son of God. Don't think they understood it. Don't think they had enough information for all of that. But our question this morning in the midst of that is why did he come? And I bet you they asked that question. The Lord Jesus would have come to an awareness of who he was and what he was to do. In fact, Mary and Joseph both had a visit from the angel Gabriel and Gabriel told Mary who he was, son of God. The angel told Joseph in a dream what he was going to do, going to die and save his people from their sins. Who he was and what he was to do. They had two pieces of the puzzle, essential information, And they would have, I assume, taught the Lord Jesus that as he was a little child growing up and learning to speak and to study. And he would have come to an awareness of who he was and what his life mission was. That came about through his parents. It would have come about through his own Bible readings as he went to the synagogue and studied the scriptures. It would have come about through his own personal encounters with his true father, his heavenly father. We know that by the age of 12, all of his childhood is passed over in just about a mystery. We know at the age of 12 he was in the temple and he was surprised that his parents didn't expect him to be about his heavenly father's business. At the age of 12 it was becoming clear to him who he was and what he was to do. And then 18 years again of silence and then at around about the age of 30, maybe the early 30s, the Lord Jesus enters public life. His earthly father, stepfather Joseph, has by this time probably passed away. All of his uh, brothers and sisters, his half-siblings have probably grown and been married and got their own kids and all of that sort of stuff has happened because enough years have passed for that. And now he is free to be able to enter public life, to be involved in ministry. And the Lord Jesus spent much of his time answering the question, why I have come. He was asked the question on numerous occasions and in fact, Pilate asks him that at the end. In John chapter 19, Pilate um, says to him, where do you come from? And then even the crowd in John chapter 9, verse 29, they said, we don't know where he comes from. And as I said, Jesus indicated constantly telling people why he had come, at least 13 times on different occasions. And if you write them all down, I went through an exhaustive concordance this week of just the Gospels and looked up the word come and came and looked for every reference that had some slight indication where Jesus is speaking about why he explains why he came. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. He uses words, I didn't want to include all of these, but I'll have to be quick. He said often, I have come in my father's name. 
He also said, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And he also said, I came from him, from God. He sent me to you. He often said, I am from above, I am from heaven, I am from God. Well, four quick outlines. The Lord Jesus' coming was prophetically anticipated. It was prophesied, predicted, anticipated. In fact, John the Baptist asked him, are you the one who was to come or should we look for another? And of course, he was the one who was to come. Prophesied all the way through the Old Testament, even in fact beginning in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15. Secondly, his coming was historically authenticated. You get it in the Gospels, the four Gospels. We even get historians writing outside of the Bible, Roman and Jewish historians who refer to this person, Jesus of Nazareth. Historically authenticated. Thanks, Gabe. If you look up the Encyclopedia Britannica, I am told that there will be more words written about this person, the Lord Jesus, than of any other person in history, ancient history. Why did he come? Well, number three, his coming was theologically motivated. He came for divine reasons. And I've got seven of them for you this morning that we're going to go pretty quickly through. And there's lots of verses that go under each one of these headings and you can arrange it every sort of which way you want, but I've decided to do it this way to try to keep it clear. Number one, Jesus came to reveal God. No one has ever seen God, but God who was so big and impressive became so small in the person of Jesus that we could approach him. That's why he came. John chapter one, verse 18. He has made the invisible God visible. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, that he is the exact image of the invisible God. Or John chapter 14 verse 9, where Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, have I been with you for so long? You don't know who I am? If you've seen me, Jesus says, you've seen the Father. When Jesus was speaking, it was God speaking. When Jesus was performing miracles, it was God performing miracles. When you were talking to Jesus, you were talking to God in human flesh. He came to reveal God, to show us what God is like. What is God like? Look at the person of Jesus. He was attracted to all sorts of people, open to all comers. And nobody was ever intentionally rejected. Certainly challenged, but never rejected. He always left that up to us. Second reason why he came, he came to bear witness to the truth. He came into the world as a light. Jesus says in John 18, verse 37, to this end I was born and for this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. He came to preach. In Mark chapter one and verse 38, Jesus says to his disciples, let's go to the next town that I may preach there also because that is why I have come. He's always using this phrase, I have come for, or that is why I have come. He came to preach, he came to teach the truth, he came to show us the truth about the true and living God. He was the light who came into the world. Number three, the Lord Jesus came to seek and to save sinners. The Apostle Paul says, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Well, that's what Paul says about Jesus. But Jesus himself says in Mark 2.17, 
he says, uh, for the Son of Man came uh, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to seek and to save. Luke 19, 10, he says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. One focus, lost people. Two jobs, seek them, save them. That's what his name means, saviour of the world. The Lord Jesus came to seek and to save those who are estranged from him. He said, that's why I have come, to call sinners to repentance. I didn't come to call the righteous, I came to call sinners. People who acknowledge their inadequacies and their need for forgiveness. Had a conversation with somebody once and I guess I was making the mistake of talking to them about you need God in your life so that you'll be truly happy. To which their response was, I am truly happy. I'm already content. So then I changed tack and I said, can you say to God, I don't need you because I'm quite happy. Can you also say, I don't need you because I don't need forgiveness. We all need forgiveness, and that's why Jesus came, to seek and to save that which was lost. Number four, already associated with that, he came to seek and to save, and the way he did that was by giving his life as a ransom for many. As I already said, the Son of Man didn't come to serve, but to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a payment, a ransom for many. Came to pay, to be the propitiation for our sins, the Apostle John says, he came to die. And it's through his dying that the Lord Jesus becomes the great divider of humanity. That's the second, next reason. He divides humanity. He divides humanity not by him doing it, but by him saying, he is the way, the truth, and the life. You need to choose me to have life. And if you choose to reject me, then he divides us into two groups, those who believe and those who don't or those who ignore. There are only two groups. And the Lord Jesus is the one who divides the groups. And that's what he came to do. He says in John chapter 5, verse 40, that you refuse to come to me so that you can have eternal life. The choice is ours. And depending on our choice and our response depends which camp we are in. He doesn't put us in that camp. Our response puts us in that camp. He came to die to pay the penalty for our sin. In the process of doing that, of course, he not only came to pay the penalty for our sin, but he also ruins Satan. He came to undo, he came to destroy Satan. To, Satan had captured us, spiritually speaking, and Jesus came to break the shackles, to set us free, to defeat the evil one. Finally, this will do. The Lord Jesus came to show us how to live. On numerous occasions, he alludes to this truth, that he's an example for us. John chapter 6, verse 38, I haven't come to do my will, I have come to do the will of my Father. He's a model for us of full obedience. John 10, 10, in the first reading we had, I have come that you might have life, life abundant. That's why I have come, that you might have life. He showed us how to have life abundant by following his example. Matthew 5, 17. Don't think I have come to abolish the law. I haven't come to do that. I have come to fulfill the law. I have come to be fully obedient to God's word 
and to set the example for you. John chapter 13, the Lord Jesus takes off his garments, puts servants' clothes on, washes the disciples' feet. At the end of it, redresses himself, and then he says, As I have washed your feet, so now I have set you an example. That's why the Lord Jesus came, to show us how to live. What's the best way to live? Look at the life of Jesus and copy him. So why did Jesus come? Well, he came to reveal God. He came to redeem us. And he came to ruin Satan, putting it simply. And finally, the fourth reason. It is relationally activated. He came to re-establish a relationship, to reconnect us with himself, with God. There's no other way that we could do it. He came to build the bridge. He came to open the door. He came to extend the invitation. Time is gone. But let me give you this illustration. If you wanted to meet the Queen of England, or if that's too high a standard for you, if you wanted to meet the Prime Minister of Australia, or if that doesn't impress you, if you want to meet the senior pastor of the church, maybe that's too low. Let's go back to the Queen. If you wanted to meet the Queen, how could you do it? <clears throat> you can't. There's no way on this planet you'll be able to get an audience with the Queen unless she does something. You could write a letter. You could send her an email. You think she'll get it? You got a mobile? Can't send her a text. You could try phoning the palace. I doubt you'll get through it. If you want to meet the Queen, then she's the one who has to take the initiative. She has to extend the invitation to you. There's no good getting a helicopter and flying to Buckingham Palace and trying to land in her backyard. There'll be security guards all over the place. It's impossible. She's got to do it. That's what God has done. It's impossible for us to connect with God. She's right. Just let her go. Run. Run. Freedom. Jesus came to set children free. From tyrants and... Step too far. All right, I'll back off. So God in the person of Jesus has sent him into the world to make the introductions. God is saying, I'd love to meet you. I want to be back in a relation. I made you. I made you in my image. I made you for a purpose. You've all gone wrong. We've all sinned. We've all gone our own selfish, sinful ways. We're all broken in that sense. But God says, I love you so much. I'll fix you up. But I want you back in a relationship with me to do it. Just like the guys you've heard this morning in their baptisms give their story. So that's what God, that's what Christmas is about. We are reminded that God sent Jesus to reestablish the relationship. Jesus is the reason for the season. And everybody said, Amen. he still comes. And if you would like to receive him, if you never have, you can do that today. And we'd love to talk to you about it. If you have received him in the past, but you've drifted a little bit, he's still waiting. Arms extended. Wants you to come back to him. The Lord Jesus said this, and I'm going to pray. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you, to rescue you. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Lord Jesus, and thank you for sending him. We understand some of the reasons of why he came to reveal you, to redeem us, 
to remove the influence of the evil one. Could you help us to receive him, to walk with him, and to reconnect and enjoy the relationship with him? We ask this in his name and for his sake. Everybody said, Amen.